Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Kelly Sander. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson. Well, he's at the Southern Bank Corps studio over in Laurel. And we're glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in this afternoon for another week of the Eagle Hour across the Super Talk Radio Network. All right, opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue. They're always with us. We're always proud to support them and encourage you to enjoy their delicious food seven days a week and the upcoming event that you may have, Dickie's, the perfect place for catering. Baseball is the uh, subject on everybody's mind uh, this time of the year. No different with us. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles just completed a weekend series win over Jacksonville State, winning Friday and Saturday before dropping a, uh, a ball game yesterday in cold, cold weather. Joining us, head baseball coach Scott Berry. Coach, uh, start out the year 3-0. and If you go back to the midweek game, uh, you, you uh, go 2-2, two and two, uh, two wins over Jacksonville State, a loss to South Alabama, and then yesterday's loss to Jacksonville State. I was telling, uh, I was telling my wife on the way home yesterday that uh, one thing Coach Berry's always told me is he doesn't like to uh, – See his team uh, not win on Sunday when they've won on Friday and Saturday. So I'm going to guess you, you you're seeing this as a as an okay week, but one you're not totally satisfied with. Oh, absolutely. You know, really disappointed in uh, that loss yesterday, and nothing to take away from from Jacksonville State. Honestly, Bob, I mean, you had a team that was 0 and six, I think, and uh, really scuffling trying to trying to figure out how to win a baseball game and turn their year around. Uh, so you knew there had to be a sense of urgency. But, you know, after putting three runs on the board there against them, uh, they're early in the game. And then, um, you know, honestly, uh, just not doing anything after that, you know, right. what was so disappointing to me and, and having opportunities to do that. But if you look at the week, we went two and two. Uh, we could have easily – been 4-0, uh, you know, had we won the game on Tuesday in the 13-inning game against South Alabama. You know, we could have uh, obviously won yesterday. But, you know, we could have been 3-1 and one had we won yesterday. But, you know, on the flip side of that, uh, you know, we could have been 1-3 and three because we walk them off on on Friday. So the only, the only really uh, convincing win that we had was Saturday, you know, right. where the deficit was enough to say. So, We've got to do better. Uh, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you the easy part of our schedule is behind us now. I mean, we the next 13 games that we look at, certainly the three um, three weekend series, which starts this weekend with Lafayette and the following weekend at Dallas Baptist and then the conference opener with FAU at home and then the four midweek games state on Wednesday. Next week we've got South Alabama again and Tulane. And Tulane just took two out of three from – Louisiana Tech and Ruston, and then we play Alabama um, there in that that last midweek game before we open up conference. So, you know, we uh, we certainly uh, will figure out where we are after that. I know that. 
Well, one thing, Coach, that I, I think you'll agree with me is is overall shorter maybe a, a relief appearance yesterday afternoon. Pitching continues to really, really look good. I thought Hunter Riggins and, and Landon Harper looked really, really good Saturday. And yesterday, if you look at Hurston Waldrop, I mean, he uh, what he pitched uh, – Gave up three hits and struck out seven in five innings. So, overall, the pitching, I think, is it fair to say, remains very good. Yes. You know, I think yesterday of the of the games that we've played thus far this year, I think yesterday we stumbled a little bit coming out of the pen on a couple of occasions. I mean, Storm, um, Justin Storm did absolutely magnificent when he came in and had to inherit the runner and uh, with nobody out there in a, in a huge momentum swing of the game and and i think it was three to one at the time uh us and he he gets a comebacker to him and two strikeouts which should have been a real momentum swing for us which you know we go back in the bottom half of the sixth there and we load the bases when we have the obstruction call and we still have bases loaded with one out and we hit two infield pop-ups so right. you know i think our two losses in the in the uh in the week were a result on on Tuesday against South Alabama, just overall bad baseball. Five errors. We gave up six runs. Three of those were unearned, the recipient of just bad baseball defensively. But we missed on opportunities. Even whenever Sarge hit the three-run homer in the eighth to tie it, you're supposed to win that game, uh, especially at home. And we missed on opportunities and extra innings to to win it and walk it off. But, you know, like, like I told the team after that game, you got outplayed. South Alabama played better than you, and they deserved to win, and you didn't. Right. And then yesterday, obviously, with our loss, no errors were involved. Uh, but, you know, the missed opportunities, particularly in the sixth and the eighth inning. And then just, you know, in relief, we had some guys that just didn't make the pitches that needed to be made, and, and hats off to Jacksonville State. They they recognize those mistakes and they put good swings on them and that's what produced their runs. Which I think they're a much better team than their record indicated. They look pretty scrappy to me all weekend, coach. Well, you're right, and you know they had played prior to us. They played four uh, four uh, games against SEC opponents. They'd opened up with Kentucky, which Kentucky's a pretty good ball club, and and then they played Alabama in the middle of the week. So they hadn't played you know anybody that you know you just kind of say hey we we we're going to win this game, which I don't know if there's any of those kind of games on anybody's <laughs> schedule anymore. Right. But still, they had played a tough schedule coming in uh, to our place. Coach Barry, the game against South Al, you, you just said that, that uh, South Al deserved to win. Your team didn't by virtue mainly, you know, the five errors. Teachable moment, certainly, for your club. It's almost I know you hate to lose ball games, but, it's a, it, but sometimes teams will make five errors and win ball games so the lesson isn't nearly as easy to learn when you win games and still commit mistakes so i guess looking at the silver lining you know that's at least there's something that you, you got beat i mean they or, or right you beat yourself i guess we what, beat ourselves and yeah. you know at that time at that time kelly we had made 11 errors in three games you know the, the two of the games of the three that we'd opened up against north alabama we had two errors in, in one game and i think uh, four and the other for a total of six, and and then all of a sudden we throw in five, and against Al, uh, South Alabama, and we're sitting there looking three out of the four games. We got eleven errors, and you know that's not characteristic of us. That's not even characteristic of who we've been this this past fall or even pre spring. So I was a little surprised, but we did clean the defense up this weekend, 
Uh, we just, but you know, we just missed on opportunities offensively, particularly with runners at third base less than two outs. You know, right. where where you have to be, you have to be strong in that situation. And you know, and and we also missed in some two out situations to to really drive in some big runs. And I thought that's what Jacksonville State did to us yesterday. You know, they got those two out hits. And, and we didn't. Right. Gen- generally speaking, the, the, the pitching is going to be is going to be better than hitting. You know, early in the season. Um, right. And and, and then you, at what point do you think that that just generally speaking for most teams when when does the hitting start to catch up with the pitching? Well, I think when the when the weather starts warming up a little bit more, uh, you know, obviously the winds start changing direction. It becomes more of a of a hitter's. Uh, advantage with the wind, you know. This weekend, we we did hit some balls. I thought pretty well. Sarge hit some balls that they were just in the wrong part of the field. You know, as as things warm up and the winds change from the north to the south, you know those balls are gone. But you know, given the uh, given the elements that they were, you know, they weren't going out on this particular weekend. So you know, we just we just got to do a better job of being able to. To get those runs in at third, less less than two outs, and certainly uh, we've had those opportunities, and we've made those opportunities. You know, I, and that's the biggest thing. You, you, I, I tell this team all the time. You know, it's it's like people say it's a it's a game of failure, but it's really a game of opportunities. And failure and success is just variables of those opportunities. And you know, so focus on the opportunity, not whether you're going to succeed or fail, but. You know, the human mind tries to take us in a direction, you know, to think about failure more than we do succeed. And the good ones know how to do that. They know how to change their, their mindset. All right, Coach, just 40 seconds left. We're going to get Luke uh, in here. I know he's got some questions for you uh, as soon as we come back. Uh, in, in the last 30 seconds, though, how does how does that cold, brutal weather that we experienced all weekend, how does that affect the game, Coach? Well, I mean, you know, honestly, Bob, I say – I mean, it's no different for us. It is them. Right. You know, somebody's right. got to give. <laughs> At right. the end of the day, right. it's it's no warmer on their side than it is our side. So, does it affect the game? Yeah, it does mentally. You know, I think more than anything, you mm-hmm. got to be a little bit stronger in the mind. And and I really never heard any of our guys talk about it. Honestly, mm-hmm. uh, you know that we're playing. Heck, there's kids out there playing in short sleeves that are right. making me just cold as can be. So, <laughs> right. Uh, you know. But, uh, but yeah, you, I mean, both teams have to deal with it. It's you and I that got cold, Coach. That's right. <laughs> it wasn't right. the kids. That's right. <laughs> All right. When we come back, uh, Luke Johnson, I have plenty for Coach Scott Berry, and we're going to continue our conversation. Big week coming up for the Golden Eagles. Tough competition over the next couple of weeks. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us. Kick off the week, Monday afternoon, around the Super Talk Radio Network, Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. It was hopping Saturday with baseball in town. That's because they've got a great selection of apparel to fit everybody and everyone in your family. And uh, no better place to go before a Southern Miss baseball game than uh, 
Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry, who joins us every Monday. And let's get Luke Johnson in the conversation here, Luke, uh, with Coach Berry. Hey, Coach, kind of uh, fans chatter, they talk, and we want them to chatter and talk. It shows their interest in the game. But, you know, kind of the, the topic, this particularly after yesterday, was kind of the approach to small ball and, and, you know, people talking about the bottom of the sixth. And I guess just generally speaking, what's your, you know, what's your thoughts about that? And I should say, um, even when Southern Miss has implemented small ball in the past, there's always, um, you know, Monday morning managers that, that critique that too. So, but I guess just what's your approach and thoughts about, you know, getting people over with, with bunts and, and, uh, you know, using that, that tactic? Yeah. I mean, yesterday I probably, uh, there were a couple of times, particularly in the sixth inning. Well, not the sixth inning, bases were loaded. So, I mean, in that situation, you know, I don't like to squeeze in a bases loaded situation. I'm not a big squeeze guy anyway. Uh, but, um, especially in a bases loaded because it's such an easy play for the defense if the bunt isn't just perfect because it's a force at the plate and which is a much, much easier play than something where they have to tag because the throw can only be for a force. I mean, it just has to be right there to catch or to handle it and you're out. So, you know, obviously when that situation we're looking for a fly ball and, uh, you know, in that sixth inning we got two of them. Problem was the first one was the infield. Uh, it was a um, – <laughs> Okay, I can't even think now. Uh, a infield fly rule, and then the second one was the the third out. So, you know, we missed on that opportunity. You know, there late in the game, whenever we did get the tying run on, and we had Gabe up at the plate. Uh, you know, I just I really had a lot of confidence with Gabe being six year guy to be able to to deliver us. His brother Rodrigo was in front, uh, had had gotten on base, and and. Gabe just, just kind of missed it a little bit down on the handle and popped out to right field. So, you know, in past, uh, you know, we've, we've played some small ball. We've tried, we tried a couple of hit and runs this weekend. Both of them were terrible pitches that we got to hit and run. Both of them were eye high or even a little bit higher that our batters couldn't, couldn't handle or they tried to protect, but, uh, the guy was threw us out at second base. So kind of a tough team to hit and run on, but. Yeah, uh, you know, certainly we would, uh, we would, it, it, if we, if we need to do, you know, some bunting from here on out, you know, you look at, let's just say on Friday night, you had Danny Lynch left on left and he lays down a really nice bunt that, uh, ended up being, uh, a, a game winner there for us that moved the guy to second base. So, you know, and Danny's not a great bunter. We don't call on Danny to bunt. So, <laughs> But you know we're going to have to figure out a way to manufacture runs a little bit more because we're just we're just not doing it right now. We've gotten the opportunities, but we're just not cashing in, particularly with those runners at third base, less than two outs. You mentioned uh, Rodrigo uh, Montenegro and and coach. Only two catchers on this roster. Blake Johnson injured over the weekend. Can you update us on that and and kind of what the catching position looks like the next few weeks? Well, we just all need to say a prayer that Rodrigo can stay healthy because Blake's going to be out six to eight weeks. Broke his handmate bone. It's a little small hook bone there in the heel of your hand. You know, that's the one that the hitters, uh, where Tommy John gives pitchers problems, uh, the handmate bone is, is that, that hitter's injury that we don't like to see. Although it has come a long way at one time, it seemed like that people were done whenever they broke their handmate bone, just like Tommy John. But, you know, both of those surgeries and the uh, the technology and the rehab to get people back are much quicker. So, 
Uh, Blake will be out for quite a while, you know, like I said, six to eight weeks, and it'll be Rodrigo's game. Our backup now is going to be Christopher Sargent. We're going to actually going to work him today in some bullpens to, to kind of get him ready. And then, you know, I don't know, you know, if, if something were to happen with Rodrigo, then we're in, uh, we're in a world of hurt, I can ter- tell you. So hmm. we just need to try to stay injury-free as, as much as we can there. All right, Coach, when we looked at the schedule the first of the year, Luke and I, it, it immediately our eyes went to what occurs after the Jacksonville State Series where you're at uh, Louisiana for three games this week. And before that, you, you play Mississippi State uh, in, uh, in Jackson. I know you don't want to get ahead, but you know as well as me that there's, there's a tough stretch right here. And it starts, it starts Wednesday night with Mississippi State. Coach, how does a how does a team as talented as Mississippi State lose a game to a, a school like North Kentucky? I don't think it means a thing in the world Friday night, but uh, early on in the year, it's just almost impossible to predict what's going to happen anytime anyone plays. Well, it really does, and you know that's baseball, Bob. I mean, I know people don't like to hear that, but uh, a good friend of mine that that I just met with just a little bit ago, businessman here in the community, big supporter of ours. You know, I told him how frustrated I was. He said, Coach, the best teams in baseball in the major league, the best ones lose 62-plus games a year. You're That's not right. going to win them all. Right. And, you know, in, in defense of Mississippi State, defense of us, defense of everybody, I mean, it's going to happen, you know. But you just – you certainly uh, – you alluded to it earlier about the lessons learned – you hope that's what happens moving forward. You know, you want to fail forward and, and be better for it if there's nothing else that comes out of it. And that's what certainly I hope that comes out of this two-and-two two week that we've had, that we'll, we'll be better for it as, as we move forward. But I will tell you this, we're going to have to play better than what we've played, particularly given the competition that we're fixing to, uh, to face here for the next couple of weeks and really for the rest of the season. If, if you want to know the truth, so you got to show up and be ready to play and give your A game, and you got to compete. You got to cash in on those opportunities whenever you make them for yourself. What do you look for Wednesday night? I look for it to be a real a real battle. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I just I just try to control our guys, and, and I know Mississippi State will be ready to play, and 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 we will too, and we'll get out there, and you know, both teams are going to have to play well. I mean, we know that they're both mm-hmm. very good baseball teams rich in tradition and um but they're gonna have to play both both clubs are gonna have to play well to, to, to win yeah. a baseball game interesting stat guys that jack duggan gave me today wednesday night will be the third time in southern miss baseball history that the golden eagles have played the defending national champion they played lsu in two in 1998 and again in 2010 after they had won the College World Series. So, Kelly Sander, this will be the third time Wednesday night. Yeah, and I'm glad that Mississippi State has elevated its baseball program to where they're on an equal footing with Southern Miss. You know, I think that... <laughs> of course, I you know, too. Yeah, yeah, because you, you want it to be you know, a, a good game like that yeah. uh, going forward. But you, know, you, you certainly didn't hope that the injury bug was going to hit this early and in such a, a crucial uh, position. So we'll keep our fingers crossed and hope that that doesn't... Uh, isn't a, a negative you know, going forward necessarily. You know, that, that position is probably the worst position that we could have gotten hurt at in all honesty. You know, right. you just don't have depth at, at catcher like you do. And and you're not you're not you don't have the ability to move people like you you can move an infielder to the outfield. Sure. Sometimes, you know, depending on how athletic they are, 
You could move, you know, we could move Peto to first base if we had to. Uh, you can do some things with, with those guys, but a catcher is a breed of its own. I mean, both mentally and physically. And it just, you just don't all of a sudden move somebody there and say, hey, we need you to catch. Yeah. Mean, no, it just doesn't, no, no. It doesn't happen. No, and, and here's, yeah. you know, the fact of the matter. I tell all these travel league parents all the time when I can consult with them. And I said, look, if you, if you really have that dream of playing in the bigs, and we'll get Coach Barry to comment on this, the, the position is catcher. The quickest way to the major leagues is as a catcher because there are so few good ones, because it's a brutal position to play, right? So there's less competition. And because it's so important, the strength of every baseball team is up the middle. It kind of starts with that catcher. Catchers are great managers at the big league level. Statistically, they have the highest winning percentage. Catchers, man. Toughest guy on the field, aren't they, Coach Barry? They are. They are, you know. And, and you're right on the manager side because to be – to, to, to do that position and do what you're supposed to do, you have to understand pitching, which means you have to understand hitting. You have to understand the defense. If you understand the hitters, then obviously from an offensive standpoint, you understand pitchers. So it all plays into that position as, as a manager, uh, you know, of, of being able to run a program or a club. Well, Coach, we know it's going to be a tough week, but we know the Golden Eagles are up for it. It's going to be exciting, and, uh, you know, we uh, we look forward to it Wednesday night. I think we'll have a, a big crowd of Golden Eagles in Jackson. Well, we look forward to it, too, Bob. Coach, it's my birthday. Take care of them, all right? That's my birthday present. On Wednesday? <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Well, good. We'll try to deliver a birthday present for you, Luke. Coach, Thanks, we good. always appreciate you, sir, and uh, we'll, we're in all your right. corner. We'll be with you all week long. Thank you, fellas. All right. Coach Scott Berry, everybody, head baseball coach at Southern Miss. I heard some guys yesterday whining, and I said, would you please chill out? They play 60 games. They just finished the seventh game, for God's sake. And, you know, to follow up on a point that you guys just made, the very point that Coach Berry was saying, that's baseball, that's why a lot of people love baseball. I agree. It's because you haven't, for example, at the major league level, you have this, this, this little guy like Jose Altuve, who's no bigger than a minute, but yet is one of the best players in the league. You don't have to be six foot five, you know, 210 pounds of all muscle to be a great baseball North, player. North Kentucky would never beat Mississippi State in any other sport except baseball. The only one they would and have that's a chance Mississippi at. Mississippi State's best sport. Correct. Yeah. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate head baseball coach Scott Berry joining us, as he does every Monday. Golden Eagles win the series from Jacksonville State. Improved to 5-2 and two on the year. They will take on Mississippi State up in Pearl, Mississippi at Trustmark Park. First pitch, 6 p.m. this coming Wednesday. And, Hope they come through on that birthday gift uh, for uh, with a win over Mississippi State. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Bob Getty from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Eagle Hour Live today. If you are catching this later or if you missed part of the show and missed that interview with Coach Barry, you can always go back and listen on demand at supertalk.fm or catch us in podcast form. 
iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. All right, guys. It's going to go down at 9 a.m. in the morning. The Sunbelt Conference football schedule set to be released. Three teams to look for, obviously, are Eagles, Marshall, and Old Dominion. A, will the schedule be released tomorrow? And B, will those three schools be on that schedule, Bob and Kelly? Yes, Yes, I think they will be. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think the circus is the the main act is about to begin. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think you could have. I don't think any of the announcements that any of the schools have put out up to this point would have been made if that wasn't uh, if that wasn't the case. And Luke, you've got an you've got an update as far as Southern Miss's potential legal entanglement with Conference USA. Why don't you update us? Yeah, absolutely. Just second on that. So, so what we need to do tomorrow is to get the official. 2022 Conference USA football schedule and compare it to the official 2022 Sunbelt football conference schedule. But yeah, like crazy, Kelly said, we reported last week that, uh, that Marshall got a, a temporary, uh, basically like a restraining order from going to arbitration uh, with Conference USA. And uh, as Marshall filed up in uh, Cabell County in West Virginia, so Chris Vianney from The Athletic reporting that now Southern Miss has succeeded in their attempt to push back Conference USA's demand for arbitration. Reporting today is that Southern Miss filed uh, this motion in the Forest County Circuit Court, guys. So there we go. And the Forest County good old home folk ruled in favor of the motion (laughs) and noted that Conference USA, quote, will not suffer any harm from a brief delay in the arbitration action. Conference USA uh, gave their statement on Marshall last week. As of right now, has not released anything on the Southern Miss motion, but Old Dominion has not. But Southern Miss looks uh, – Old Dominion hasn't filed anything yet, but Southern Miss filing with the Forest County Circuit Court, and uh, they side with uh, Southern Miss. And, again, this is a temporary delay in forcing each of these schools to go to arbitration with Conference USA. And it has to be temporary. I mean, until, but I mean, why would you move forward with anything unless it was all but temper? Does that make sense? You know, if something wasn't determined for further on down the road. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. This is almost like like uh, Good Morning America, the unveiling of the, uh, you know, the, the schedule coming out I tomorrow think morning. I they should all go to, before Judge Judy and let her make the final decision. Either that or we're going to have to split up our football team. And John Cox will cover the Conference USA game, and Jack Duggan will do the play-by-play for the, for the Sun Belt team. Unless the first game ends early, and then John will come over and finish up. Yeah, that, that's, and they're close enough together. Make sure that you, yeah. you recognize. <laughs> 9 a.m. tomorrow, Sun Belt Conference football schedule oh, man. will be released. It was a heartbreaking weekend for the basketball squads at Southern Miss, the men losing in overtime and the women losing to Rice at, at the very end of the game. I watched the women's game, and it was – boy. It was a nip and tuck affair decided with maybe 10 seconds left in the game tough tough loss for the lady eagles they're now 16 and 10 uh coach mcdallas on the show tomorrow at one o'clock we talked this morning and uh she's practicing as we speak but she's going to be on there tomorrow and they can still win the western division of the league and still get a bye going into the tournament these standings man this is like a knife edge so right now louisiana tech nine and seven in first place Two teams, including the Lady Eagles, half a game back. Southern Miss and North Texas at eight and seven. UAB at eight and eight. 
Right. Lady Eagles will take on UAB this coming Thursday in Birmingham at 6 p.m. That's huge. They got to win that one, and then they will finish Saturday the regular season at Charlotte. So you need uh, Louisiana Tech to lose, and Lady Eagles really got to win these They're, last. They, two they really season. need to win those games, Luke. The first, the top two teams get a bye. Coach McNella said getting a bye is huge for her squad. Uh, really got to win these next two games. And, and the guys. I didn't think it was possible for them to have to deal with any more adversity than they've dealt with. Then you go into a weekend game where you don't have nearly all your personnel available, you know, and, and we're trailing, you know, we're, we're trailing most of the game, came back and was able, was able kind of like the UTSA, they got it to where they're tied and then, uh, then drop it, drop it in extra time. So I mean, they're just that. That yeah. close, you would yeah. think that Pretty one of these times, yeah, it's going to turn around. Pretty frustrating. I, you want to I, talk about a, a performance on Saturday Those inspiring. Waylon Knapper, 29 points, 8 rebounds. That's your point guard. 8 rebounds, 7 assists. Uh, had a tremendous game. Uh, Isaiah Moore with 17 points. Rashad Bolden, the true freshman, with 15 points. They got beat 77-72. Led it half. Outscored 35-31 in the second half, and then outscored 13 to 18 or 13 to eight in overtime. Right. So yeah, just the tough. They didn't turn. I mean, turned the ball over nine times. He kept that in single digits. Forced ten turnovers with Rice, but uh, just down the stretch, right. man. But but Waylon Napper with obviously his best game ever as a Golden Eagle. Uh, track team got their dues this weekend. Brought the big trophy out to one of the baseball games and got a big ovation. So congratulations! But right, I want to ask both of you guys this question. I'll start with you, Sander. Can you, if you can base anything off of the records and who teams have played? Interesting going into this week in baseball. Mississippi State, defending national champion. They go one and two against the dirt bags. Long Beach State, good baseball program. Uh, they annihilate uh, Arkansas Little Rock. They're shocked Friday night by losing 7-6 to six to Northern Kentucky. Went a blowout uh, Saturday in a relatively close game with North Kentucky yesterday. Does that mean anything when they take the field Wednesday night? Actually, when you look at what Mississippi State has done, you could almost go game for game. It's a reflection of Southern Miss. Yeah. They got, got beat by Jacksonville State this weekend, which some people would compare a Northern Kentucky win over Mississippi State into the same, you know, lost to South Al, which is comparable to Long Beach State, you know, very good program. Then they, they blew out, you know, North Alabama. So when you, when you compare them, they're almost identical as to what they've done, which leads you to Wednesday night. And they're nearly identical. <laughs> so what do you say, Luke? Can you take anything from what's happened to Mississippi State so far going into Wednesday night? Southern Miss 78th in the Masseys. Mississippi State, 92. Southern Miss fell 45 points. <laughs> Mississippi State fell 41. I would expect we're probably going to see Tanner Hall. Um, a, a Wednesday, he threw Wednesday ago, um, and, or Tuesday, last Tuesday against, uh, against South Alabama. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you remember last year, State, of course, won the national championship with all those power arms. I think it was like 21 strikeouts last year at Trustmark for the Are Golden all Eagles. those guys back? Uh, their their stud closure they moved into their Friday night starter and they did lose a few but they do have they do have power arms back I mean you know the joke has kind of been you know we've been talking about how we have you know twelve arms that throw ninety three or plus Mississippi State last year had like fifteen mm-hmm. and uh, so I mean they're going to have arms and and uh, but it will be interesting to see if we start Tanner Hall and and the, the good thing this year uh, pitching wise you feel like our guys out of the bullpen more experience. 
Um, at the same time, we've got to put the ball into play because this will be the best pitching uh, per man right. that you will probably see all year. All right, 90 seconds left. Louisiana Lafayette, we play this weekend. They started the year, they won two out of three over uh, Cal Irvine, which is a pretty good baseball program. They beat Southeast Louisiana, again, a pretty good baseball program. They go to a really tough tournament this weekend, and they get it handed to them. They lose 5-1 to one to Stanford. Listen to these teams. 12-4 to four to Indiana and 6-4 to four to Arkansas. So they come in three and four. Does that mean anything, Kelly Center? No, no. And and Louisiana really, since the late coach Robichaud passed away, not quite the same. Yeah, they haven't they haven't been the same. But they're going to be formidable. And and Southern Miss going down there, there is no better comparable to Southern Misses. But Louisiana Lafayette, those those folks down there, they know how to have fun during baseball. They games take now. it pretty serious. They do indeed. Yeah, they they're, they're in honor of them, at six a.m. In honor of them, all week long, we shall call them Louisiana Lafayette. Yes, we should all call week long. All of that. But the record means nothing, does it, Luke? It's baseball, man. But I mean, you want to talk about that is that is an electric environment down there. I mean, they yeah. if there's very few few schools that are in front of Southern Miss um, attendance wise, Lafayette's one of them. Kelly's right. That's that's a that's a Pete Taylor Friday night atmosphere every time they take the field. And, and Debbie Till getting it at six a.m. <laughs> down in Lafayette. Eating them crawfish and drinking that cold beer. Ooh, you know that right. You know that true. <laughs> All right, big week for Southern Miss baseball. Mississippi State Wednesday night, three games against Louisiana Lafayette, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Flip that bat, Danny Lynch. And future Sunbelt Sun yeah. opponent. We'll be back. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Monday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. DBATHattiesburg.com. They're located on Hardy Street. DBAT on the left. D1 Training on the right. Everything you need, softball, baseball related. DBAT and D1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Beach Volleyball getting the 2022 season started. Uh, they dropped uh, matches to number 13, Florida Atlantic, and number 6, TCU, down at the Florida State Beach Bash in Tallahassee over the weekend. They'll try to respond back this coming weekend over at the Tiger Beach Challenge in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where they'll be taking on UAB, Tulane, and LSU. Softball had a good weekend, improved their overall record to 11-5. and They go 3-1 and with victories over Alcorn State and Evansville and then dropped a 3-1 to uh, contest yesterday to Evansville. They will travel to Gainesville, Florida to take on the Lady Gators Wednesday at 6 p.m. All right, this coming uh, Wednesday, and we'll talk more about it tomorrow, 
but guys, a great opportunity. I always like it when we're able to play the uh, the other schools in this state. Mississippi State, of course, the defending national champions. And Bob, um, you know, a, a roster of Mississippi State. Somewhat, uh, they lost a few pieces, right. but. We were talking about those power arms, and and uh, it's a good roster for Mississippi State and a good team this year. Well, let's find out. Caleb Hamill's in the studio with us. Caleb is one of our guys. He does PCS uh, football. Has helped us helps us out with the Eagle Hour from time to time. Caleb is a Mississippi State graduate. Obviously, follows Mississippi State baseball. Caleb, I guess Southern Miss fans want to know. Obviously, everybody impressed with them winning the national championship. Is this the same baseball team that won the national championship? And if it's not, how's it different? I would definitely say it's different. Uh, there's no question about that. A whole lot of the, obviously, starting pitching's gone. Will Bednar, you know, top talent for Mississippi State a year ago, in the draft, you know, is playing professional ball once you know they figure out their business there. But uh, Landon Sims is obviously back. You're not going to see him in midweek, however. Uh, State, from a pitching perspective, I feel like is healthy is well set up for the rest of the season. The biggest question mark has just been the lineup and the hitters because you look at the roster from last year, you had guys like Rowdy Jordan, Tanner Allen, two guys that start off your lineup that could get you on base. They're gone? They're gone. So the pieces that you have left in that starting lineup were all guys that were glorified cleanup men, in my eyes, the guys that were typically guys when they stand up, you're like, oh, get ready, get your glove if you're in the outfield. But State has not proven to me yet that they have the pieces that will string together hit after hit. You know, one guy will hit the single, the next guy doubles, and yep. you just keep the carousel going. It's been a majority of get guys on base, one guy hits the home run. Well, I looked at the box score guys, the box score of their three games this week against uh, North Kentucky of all teams, and you're right, they had a lot of they had a lot of zero innings that they didn't put up any runs against that that team. Yeah, and for some of these games where they've struggled, such as the two Long Beach State games and the Friday night against Northern Kentucky, uh, State, when they get runners on base, they've got to find the right combination and right order of guys to drive those runs in, not depend on defensive errors, not depend on bases loaded walks or the long ball to get them in. you got to find different ways to manufacture those runs. And right now, State's experimenting with that lineup to try to figure out the best way to achieve that. Well, that sounds like Southern Miss in a lot of ways, Luke. Uh, Southern Miss, two losses really are, are the result of, of having opportunities to put the game away and unable to get the runs home. Yeah, and you'll never win when you commit five errors. No. Ever. Thankfully, you get two more shots at, at those. But it should be a great um, great environment at Trustmark. Such a so it's really cool to be able to play that that game um, there. And uh, Bob, I've heard you've saved up uh, you know like two months worth of salary to be able to to get tickets to this one because there's going to be a good crowd there. I have. We're not going to be able to buy groceries next week, but that's okay. We're going to hang out at Kelly's apartment and we're going to the game Wednesday night, Kelly. And Bob, tomorrow right here on the Eagle Hour, I understand a visitor from the East will Kel- be making his debut. Kelnack the Magnificent. Kelnack. The, the Kelnack the Magnificent? As young as Caleb is, he, he's heard of Karnak the Magnificent. I'm an this old is, soul at heart. This is Kelnack, Caleb. Kelnack the Magnificent, a, a visitor from the East, will have a lot of answers to Southern Miss questions. The, he sees the future. All, um, all omniscient. He sees the future. Yeah, he has all that. Yeah, so. he'll ascertain the questions. 
And Ladies and gentlemen, I have no idea what they're talking about. I have no idea what they I'm have. See, it, it skipped Luke's generation, you, but somehow it came to me. And where, and where, where have those I'm questions impressed. been sitting, Caleb? Uh, they've been sitting uh, in a hermetically sealed mayonnaise jar since <laughs> noon today. Uh, where, though? Where Where's that jar sitting? Oh, you, On the front porch. On the front porch, and I forgot whose porch you said it was. Funk and Wagnalls. Funk old. and Wagnalls front porch. <laughs> That's right. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's Enjoy be, your Monday afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, mis- whatever you have planned. Mysterious. Yes. Mysterious. This may be the most listened to segment in Eagle Hour podcast history. It could be. Other than the Will Hall interview, I thought, you know, the, the brother of Phil. Will Hall. Phil Hall. Yeah. Phil I'll go Hall back and listen to it on demand, too, guys. Yeah, the I'll, Phil I'll be sure to catch that. Tomorrow. By the way, my, uh, Gabe uh, Montenegro's father was on the show Friday. That was right. a good one. He told me that every, every night he and his family listened to the Eagle Hour on a podcast, as do a lot of their friends in their home country. Zach Royals this morning, a Hattiesburg businessman, I called him and I said, what are you doing? He goes, listening to the podcast. Well, we, the Montenegro family sat with us all weekend, and they're just absolutely wonderful people. We're really lucky lucky to have them here. Caleb, I'm impressed. Karnak the Magnificent at your age. <laughs> That's it. Wow. Got to stay cultured. Wow. He doesn't know about Kelnak, but he will tomorrow. Uh, big show tomorrow. Get him to say to the top. Get him to stick Joy around. Lee and do I've done it before. Kelnak the magnificent Caleb Hamill. Southern Miss. To the t- <laughs> to the top. There to we the go. Top. I want to fly like an Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.